0: Trademarked Podcast, owned solely by the Authors on the Air Global Radio. Welcome to Romancing the Reader with hosts, Hessa and Riley. Today's guest is author Sherry Hayes. Sherry is an Amazon best-selling author who writes sensual romance with heart. Welcome to the show, Sherry.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
2: Oh hey. Okay. Thanks for being here, oh, hey. Scary. <laughs> um I'll I guess we'll start out, um, because previous lines to you know. But I'll try through the great that uh you have got a little new work not a little, but a new work in progress for us. Can you tell us a little bit about what you got going on?
1: Uh yeah. Actually, uh, going through and doing some preliminary edits uh, um, on the first draft of, uh, of this new story and uh, hoping it uh, will be ready for release this fall. So, hopefully, we won't have to wait for too long. Um, but it's actually a spin off of another series that I have, my uh, Daniel's Brothers series. And this actually is going to be the start of a new series. It, is, uh, it features, its first book features um, one of the uh, minor characters that was featured in uh, the third book of my Daniels Brothers series, Crossing the Line. Um, and that book was about uh, Paul Daniels and um, Megan. And Paul was a homicide detective. And his he had a female partner named Janie Davis, and this is going to be her story.
2: So. Oh, great! I love, I love the uh, Daniel Baudu series. I uh, read the Hong Stories was the first book that I read from you, and it was the first book in the series, and it, it got me hooked. And I had to go read the rest of them. What, by right the way? And uh, then I read your second. Yes, uh, CDSM Club Romance Book. That, those are really good. And also, it Anna. And I think, I think though, so, and I hate to say I have a favorite, but I think Six Professional. Oh, yeah, yeah. It uh, is a standalone, but the epilogue that you put out, a Christmas proposal, that it just tied everything together. So well, but, uh yeah, I, I fell in love with those characters. Yeah, that was
1: it was actually um, originally that was my uh, very first novel, but it was it was actually titled Hidden Threat originally. Uh, it was a very it was my very first novel uh, that
0: I had published,
1: and um, I I got I had, I basically I published it with a small publisher, and it was with them for five years. And when I got the, um, got the rights back, as a lot of authors do, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they kind of look back and see, man, you know, there's so many things I would do differently with, you know, change, you know, little tweaks I would make in, you know, your first stories after you have some experience under your belt. And so I actually went back through that book, uh, essentially rewrote it. Uh, Even though the main plot is the same and the relationship is the same, I actually rewrote it, ended up adding uh, about 15,000 more words to the
0: total manuscript and uh, republished it under the title Strictly Professional.
2: Um, And then when did you come out with a Christmas proposal, which is the epilogue?
1: Um. Hi, Christmas proposal was actually um, it was again originally um, with the public the original publisher. It was originally published um, as part of a holiday anthology, and um, it was a four it was four books in the anthology that they published. And when they unpublished, basically once that contract ran out on that again, I got my rights back. And, again, I went back through it and, you know, flushed it out a little more, rewrote a bunch of stuff, and then um, republished that. So, um, again, even though it's the same basic story as what was originally there, it's definitely a little fuller and more consistent with what my my brand and my writing style is now (laughs) than what it was in, like, 2010-2011.
2: Oh, it's very, very good, uh, and, and I know that that spiritually professional is a standalone, but maybe, maybe, possibly see some of these characters again somewhere.
1: You know, I I've had some people ask me that, and I don't know. I mean, I, at this point, I don't have any plans to expand that story, but mainly because I have, I've been having people practically begged me to, uh, write some more, um, of, uh, stuff Brianna, um, which is my Finding Anna series. And, um, I obviously, I have plans for, uh, you know, for the spinoff that I'm, that I'm just starting with, um, uh, with Janie and, um, and Kyle's story that I'm writing, I also would like to do another spinoff of my Daniels Brothers series uh, featuring uh, Max, which was another minor character, but this one was, uh, he was a minor character in What Might Have Been, which is the fourth book in my Daniels Brothers series. And of course, I have, I have at least four or five books in my head um, (laughs) for my Serpent's Kiss series that I have yet to write. So. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds, I think, be dizzy. yes um, i have i have i always say i have more stories in my head in my head than i ever have time to write which i think is the case for most authors
2: <laughs> I, uh yeah yeah i think that is uh that's pretty pretty standard uh i know <laughs> that you said that you uh that you had re-toddled these books when you re- rebranded and, and re them. How do you mm-hmm. come up with the titles? How do you come up with the titles for your book?
1: Oh, uh, well, I am, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the term uh, panther. <laughs> yes. Um, as, far as, as far as the writing thing is, and I am a full-blooded panther. I... Um, I basically get a vague idea for a story or uh, some characters. Usually it's more characters than plot line. And then I just sit down and start writing and let it take me wherever it takes me. Um, To show you, to kind of illustrate the extreme version of that, um, my Finding Anna series is four books. It is a serial series. So it's, You know, same characters, one major storyline that's basically broken up into five acts. I kind of always relate it to, like, a five-act play. I did not know how that book was going to end until I was about three-quarters of the way through the fourth book. (laughs) Wow. Well, I
2: think, think, and I've read a lot of books, and I know Amy has two, and I know a lot of, are, are writers who aren't pantsers, and I, for some reason I just think those are a lot of times better books because you do kind of let your characters take over. Yeah,
1: well I, I honestly from because I read um, I've read a lot of books. Obviously I've been a reader my entire life, and what I find more with pantsers than with plotters, and it's not a downside to plotters, but I think it is an advantage.
0: I'm sorry. <clears throat> An
1: advantage that pantsers have over plotters is the um, it's harder to be repetitive when you're pant when you're writing by the seat of your pants. If you're if you're doing a plot, you you're basically you're and you're outlining everything. You have very specific you know you can see that story arc very clearly as to where it's. You know where you're building and building and building, and then you've got this climax, and you're coming back down, and you're you know you have that that storyline so laid out in that outline. When you're writing by the seat of your pants, you really just are letting everything kind of flow naturally, and you know you're you're letting that build up happen naturally, you're letting the climax happen naturally, and you're even wrapping things up and, and, and bringing it all to conclusion naturally. Versus kind of kind of guiding it, you're not really guiding it that much. You're just kind of letting it happen um, and letting it kind of unfold, um, almost like a movie would in your head or a dream. You know, you're you're kind of just you know when you're dreaming, you don't have a predetermined script in your head. Your you know your imagination and your mind just goes with it. It 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 allows the story to unfold itself. And it will find, the, you know, it'll find a conclusion one way or the other, whether that's something pleasant or whether that's you waking up in a cold sweat because
2: you're, <laughs> somebody's
1: chasing you. Um, but one way or the other, it, you know, it does, it does follow through because your mind has a natural ability to, um, to move forward and, you know, and tell that narrative. You just kind of have to let it, let it happen, and see, see where it takes you. And sometimes it surprises me, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I do normally get a couple of chapters heads up before you know I actually have to deal with something. Like usually I get an idea of like, oh, we're going here, you know, we're going in this direction, so I can kind of you know plan in my head for that. But that's usually about the most notification I get. To, on where we're going is usually a couple of chapters. <laughs> well, I think sometimes that kind
2: of a... I don't know, at least move for your imagination, instead of you having like a strict, strict outline saying, yeah. okay, i can get to this conclusion.
1: Yeah, and I, I honestly think that's why I've... Uh, as I've gotten older and I've gotten more into um, self-published novels, I think that's why I've actually... Kind of um, gravitated towards those a little more in the last few years because um, certain authors are—I I have proven to me that they can kind of just go with it and write really good stories. Um, whereas I, when you do when you do traditionally publish, most of the time, especially more established authors, they—they're required by the publisher to do, um, you know, to present the synopsis and the, you know, and kind of give very detailed outlines of where this, you know, where the story is going and and all that stuff in order to get the contract. So I just think that the self-publishing
0: industry has
1: really given authors like me that don't have, uh, that don't really write well under those strict, Outline type uh, parameters um, an outlet in order to still be able to tell their stories I've never really thought of myself as a writer I think of myself more as a storyteller and
0: um, yeah and that makes total sense that you have that that freedom when you're a panther you know Mm -hmm. you have that flexibility to kind of go with it and um when you're when you're writing then do you find like is there inspiration out there where you might be an actor and like that's kind of who you find then as your character as an inspiration while you're writing? Um, I get inspiration from lots of
1: places. I mean I get inspiration from just life in general, like an inspiration sometimes from uh, characters on TV shows and movies. I mean, I just, I, I, I'll, I'll zero in on like one specific thing, or maybe two specific things that really call to me, and then my, from that point, my imagination just takes over. I mean, Finding Anna is a perfect example of that. Finding Anna, I. The, the way that story came about was that I was, um, I was reading Twilight fan fiction at the time, because I had gotten onto the Twilight bandwagon, and yes, this was a long time ago, this was like in 2000, I don't know, probably 2008-ish, 2009, something like that, and, um, I... I was I was reading Twilight fanfiction and there was a friend of mine online that had gotten into um, BDSM stories, Twilight fanfiction with a BDSM theme, and she was she was like, you've got to read this, she, you've got to. I'm like, I don't know, I just I don't know about this. I don't know if I should. I, it's not my thing. And she finally convinced me to try and read. To read this story called the submissive okay and so i i read it and i was surprised to find that i really enjoyed it but one of the things i really enjoyed in it more than the actual kink sex portion of it which if you read myself you'll kind of get that impression is i really like. The level of trust and communication that were required in that type of relationship. At the around the same time as I was reading that, there was a huge news story, national news story, that was uh, that was being broadcast. And I was watching the television in my living room one day, and this they were talking about this case, and it was. Um, it was a story about a young woman named J.C. Dugard, and if you don't know who that is, she was a young woman, she was in her uh, early 20s and she had been held captive as a sex slave for close to 20 years um, here in the United States by a man (coughs) and the first thought that popped into my head was Wow, when she gets ready to start a relationship with somebody, it's gonna really take a lot of trust and communication after what she's been through. And in my brain, the two just came together. I'd be like, okay, well, what if we? What if I mix the two? What if I, I had this person who was held captive as a sex slave, and you know, brought her into this BDSM world. Um, and use that high, you know, that high attention on trust and communication to basically help her, you know, get back to normal and find meaning in her life again and a relationship and all of those things. So that was the start of a four-book series that's over 400,000 words long. (laughs)
0: And those, uh, and those are out on audio. Um, are there any plans for any of your other books to be on audio as well?
1: Um, it has been talked about, yes. I haven't, uh, I haven't went any further with that, um, but it is, it is a, a possibility. I'm just trying to figure out where I want to start <laughs> and how quickly I want to try to mold them out and all of that kind of stuff.
0: So hopefully
1: one of
2: these days they will all get out on audio. Yeah, just yeah, uh, Go ahead, Tess. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of kinda of like audio. I know a lot of uh, a lot of authors like to have complete silence when, when they are writing a lot of them like to have background noise. How what how about you do you like how to play this? that you listen to when you're writing or have the tv on for background what's your writing style like
1: um i usually write in silence um unless i'm really having trouble concentrating like if my brain is just kind of not able to focus i'll actually put on a classical music playlist for studying on youtube usually to play in the background but yeah when i I don't have any, like, really fancy playlists like some authors do or they'll listen to, you know, like, these heavy metal songs for fight scenes or, you know, that kind of stuff. I I am strictly, when I'm trying to write and focus and I, I'm having trouble, I am a, a classical type girl. I stick to, like, Mozart and Beethoven and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Do you try to um, sort of set aside a certain amount of days
2: to write or hours to write? Or do you like just write when you get scraped in hand, stuff like my napkins or the back of a paper bag or whatever you have handy at the job?
1: Um, my writing is very sporadic, partially because um, I actually, my husband and I own our own business. Um, and I run all of the admin stuff for that, and uh, handle all the customers, and the accounting, and you know, payroll, and all that kind of stuff for that. So um, my writing is very, very sporadic. Um, there are some some days when I will be able to spend um, an entire, you know, six to eight hours working on my, my writing. Um, and then there are days when I will not even touch it at all. So um, it really just depends. Probably one of the reasons. One of the reasons why I'm. I've lately I have. I, I've only been publishing about one book a year, because unfortunately when one business takes off, the next video yeah, everything else has to kind of find its own place. So um, yeah, I don't really have a set. I wish I did, but uh, just with the way life. Uh, roles in my house, it doesn't it's not really conducive to having a set time right now for me to sit down and do that. So and with
0: well, your, well, sorry, Amy. Well, uh, With your busy schedule, um are mm-hmm. you able to sit in any events? Are you do you go to book signings ever? Oh. Um
1: I do occasionally, but it's very, but it's very rare uh, for me to go to book signings. In fact, I think last year I did, um, I did two book signings, and this year I'm doing one book signing close to the holiday. Um, so, yeah, it's very rare for me to, to get out and do book signings, even though I love it. Um, but most book signings require me to travel, and that means that I'm away from, again, I'm away from um, our other business. And I have to take that into consideration when I'm, I'm making any travel plans that, you know, things are taken care of here um, in order to, for me to be gone for, you know, two, three, four days for a book signing. So, uh, the last book signing, the last reader book signing that I went to, a uh, big one was in um, Allen. was it? In Hershey, Pennsylvania, I think it was um, two years ago.
0: So I went to a
1: a rather large. It uh, wasn't huge, but it was a large reader book signing. Um, but yeah, that was about two years ago when I did that. And like I said, I did two smaller ones last year, and then I'll be doing um, I'll be doing one uh, here pretty locally. Uh, here in uh, the Columbus, Ohio area later this year.
2: What, what in your mind is like is the hardest thing about being hmm. Oh, um.
1: For me, it's the finding the time to actually write. I don't. I know some writers really have a hard time with marketing. That's actually not a problem for me. I, you know, I love talking to people. I'm, I'm, I'm more extroverted than most uh, writers, and um, you know, I don't have a problem with that. And so the business side of it, you know, while I may not be like a, you know, a marketing guru or anything, I don't have. That, that part of it doesn't bother me. I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I, I'm, I can hold my own. Um, it's, the finding, it's finding the time to, you know, again, carve out of my schedule to really sit down and have quiet time where I can, you know, I'm not being bothered by, you know, phone calls for the other business or emails or clients from that, just sit down and focus. Um, and get lost in in the world that is in my head because I, I know I've talked to some people and they're like, oh well, you know you had you had you had half an hour here you could have done it right here in this half hour and it's like but it's not quite that easy because you have to be able to focus and get into your characters your character's heads and if everything around you is chaotic and just utter chaos, it's very hard to just get into that right mindset in order to write the characters, especially when you're a pantser, because when you're a pantser, you don't have this piece of paper in front of you that says, oh, you're supposed to be writing this scene today or, oh, this scene's not working and not coming to me, so I'm going to jump ahead 20 chapters and write this scene because I'm more in that mood today. I don't know what's going to happen in 20 chapters. I can't do that. <laughs> I, have, I have to follow, you know, I write completely lineal. So whatever's next up is where I have to be in my head and in the story. So that means I have to be able to have quiet time and focus um, in order to get those words down on paper.
2: Yeah, and I know you said that you write, you know, from beginning to ending, but do you ever have, like, something that pops in your head that you want to, like, fit in somewhere and, like, drop that down so that you may may or may not come back to that later?
0: Um,
1: not usually, no. I mean, I've had it happen once or twice where I've had an idea of, like, oh, I'd like to... I I like to do this, have them do this, um, you know, at some point in the future. But because I write everything very linearly, it may or may not fit into the story once I get to that point. So I'll sometimes jot it down on like a sticky note or something uh, and just kind of put it off to the side as an idea. But I would say... Again, it hasn't really happened all that often, and I would say probably only once or twice have I ever actually ended up following through and using that idea later it's it's i just that's not again that's kind of how my brain works <laughs> when it comes to writing <laughs> it's it's very much a, it, it is very much like watching a movie in my head um and um i i i I take that from when I was a kid, when I was younger, uh, I used to, um, I used to basically act out scenes in my bedroom. Um, Imagine, you know, imagine if I make up stories in my head and I act them out in my, in my bedroom. And so now it's basically the same thing that I'm doing, except instead of acting them out in my bedroom, I'm playing them in my, you know, I'm acting them out in my head and putting those actions onto paper or the computer, as it were. Yeah. I, and I know that
2: you have said before that you read your first romance uh, when you were 12, actually, and you were immediately hooked on it. Um, and I know uh, a lot of times that uh, even though we love, love to read, it's hard to find time to, to get reading it. Uh, who do you read or what, uh, what are you reading now when you have time?
1: Um, well, I, I try to read a book a week. Try being the operative word. Sometimes I accomplish that. Sometimes I don't. Um, I um, let's see here. I like uh, Tr- uh, Tracy Alvarez. She writes um, New Zealand romances, contemporary romances. Um, I like Mallory Crow. She's um, also uh, she writes contemporary romance and paranormal romance. Oh, let's see who else. <laughs> I get a million people in my head and I'm trying to think of all of them. Um, Susan Stoker. She writes really good military romance. Um, same with uh, Lynn Ray Harris. She has an awesome um, hot series, what was it's called. It's it's, it's all um, it's about um, military guys, and it's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have I have probably about ten authors that I will literally read whatever they put out if they if they if I see a book of theirs come across. You know my page. I'm I'm guaranteed to one click it no matter what. Um, that being said, I am extremely picky about what I read. My my I actually have a friend who refuses to recommend anything to me at all because she recommended either, not she seriously she recommended one of her favorite authors to me and I hated it. I literally like. Just totally nitpicked it, and this was a very, this is a very popular author. This is ext- an extremely popular author that has a huge wow. fan base. But there were some things in her stories that just—it was one of those. You know, you have the, you know, you have this pet peeve that you know it's just when you read them, they just are like nails on a chalkboard as a as a oh, reader, yeah. and you're just like, nope, nope, can't, no, 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 no. Well, that was that was what was happening with this author so she told me she's like I am never recommending anything to you ever again because just, you, you you're too picky so yeah and and I am I actually just got done the the book I just got done reading um, is she's it's, it's by a New York Times bestselling author it was a book I got from the library and I will never read anything from that author ever again because I hated it. (laughs) So, and again, what I mean, there are people who obviously love this author because she's a New York Times bestseller and has, you know, dozens of books out, and that's great, but it's not my cup
0: of tea, so. I don't,
1: but yeah.
0: Do you you follow it through to the end, though, or do you ever just go, okay, well, I'm, I'm just not going to be able to finish this.
1: Depends on what's wrong with it. Um, this particular one, this recent one. I actually read it to the end. Um, the reason I had a problem with this one mainly was not because I mean, I liked the writing style. I liked the um, I liked the basic storyline. It wasn't like blow me away. But the reason I didn't like it was because it was marketed as a romance and it did not have an HEA or a happy for now. And that bothers me because I, when I'm reading, I pick up a romance, I want it to be a romance. And you're telling me it's a romance and then the couple was not together at the end. <laughs> just, I'm like, nope, you, you basically burned that bridge. I'm not going back there. Um, I have, however, uh, did not. I have DNF um, books because the editing was just atrocious, or the hero or the heroine has done something that I deem as unforgivable. So, like, if you if you cheat, like if you actually cheat, either one of them, um, we're done. There's no going back. Now, if you're writing women's fiction or something, and I'm reading a book about women's fiction and it's a journey and all that kind of stuff, and you know, self, think that's one thing. But if I'm reading a romance, cheating is a no-go for me. You just, we're done.
0: <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, I hear you. And uh, so where where can readers find you? Where are you out on social media?
1: Uh, I am, uh, my main social media platform that I use is Facebook. <laughs> um, I actually have a, I have a Facebook page, which is Sherry Hayes author. And then I also have, um, a reader group, which is the Sherry Hayes book club, which I'm, I am, I'm very active on both of those. Um, it kind of depends on what, on what you're looking for if you just kind of want to you know have some contact with me and you know kind of see any major stuff that I'm doing um, or that's going on then that's what I kind of post on my author page but if you want to be a little more social and hang out with me um, you know talk back and forth I post there every day usually multiple times a day And that's my reader group. Um, Also, I have my newsletter, which I send out every Monday. And, again, um, I share things in – I try to share things in in different places, in different things. So um, I don't – you know, there's things you'll you'll find out I'll tell in my newsletter that I don't tell in my reader group and vice versa. So – those are the two main places um, to catch me. I um, I am also, and if you want to sign up for my newsletter, my newsletter, uh, the best way to do that is actually uh, go to my website, which is www.SherryHazeAuthor.com. and um, it's right on the home page. You can uh, where you can subscribe. I am also on Pinterest. Uh, Instagram, and Twitter, and all of those um, are, again, under Sherry Hayes Author, so if you just put in Sherry Hayes Author pretty much on any platform, social media platform that I'm on, uh, I should come up, but I am not very active on, on Instagram, Pinterest, or Twitter, so your best bet is either to do the... Um, Facebook or to catch me on my newsletter.
0: Okay, well, um, we're running out of time, so just want to say thank you again for coming on the show and telling us what you're all about. Oh, thank you for having me. Great. Join us Tuesday, the 28th at 2 p.m. for a special edition of Romancing the Reader with best-selling paranormal romance author Barry Lee Morgan.